0: This is Paul Nobles from Eat Form. I am sitting here with Eat Form coach Chris Dietz. And I just noticed that my Facebook is still open, so I'm gonna shut that. So otherwise we don't get beeps the whole podcast. So Chris, why don't you um, tell everybody hi and then talk a little bit about you know when you started Eat Form is just like a basic introduction.
1: Sure, I'm um, Chris. Uh most of you know me from Slot or the forums. Um, I started ETP as a member. I'm
0: just going to interrupt you for just a second. Most people don't know what Slot is, actually. So okay. SLOT. Most of the people listen to the podcast. There's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that aren't aren't members. And so Slot is basically an extension. It's the social part of the science lab. Yep the forums that eat to perform members get and um chris is somewhat legendary in slot you know based on posting you know a lot of uh pictures and just being really active so go ahead and
1: okay i i joined Eat to perform as a member in november of 2013 um so I've, I've been here two years um, i was made a coach in november of 2014 entry level moderator uh intern level um, and then I was asked to come full-time in July, uh, and that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm a competitive power lefter. I've also done uh, the Granite Games, so some CrossFit competition in there, too. Um, that, that's pretty much my backstory.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll get a little bit more in-depth with that um, as we sort of move into the story. We're going to try and stick to the theme a little bit, but I also want people to sort of know, like, your story because some of the things that are you know one of the things that we get a lot um is we have a lot of people that will often say you know is ethan form for me you know i don't feel like i'm an extreme athlete and um so we'll talk a little bit about that because frankly you know it really is for everyone um most people i think whether you know even if they're just sitting on the couch they aspire to doing more than they're doing now and so eating form certainly is for those people so um we've started the podcast recently where I've started to tell like different stories. Um, And and if you know me, you know that I tell stories fairly often about like things that happened to me in the past. So, you know, um, with Chris on, I wanted to tell the story about the first time. Did I ever, have I told you the chain story ever? I don't think so. Okay. So um, when, even before I first started, I got my Garage Gym, which is actually sitting right next to me in my basement right now. Um, if, you're not, um, if you're listening to it on the podcast, we also do this on YouTube. And on YouTube, you can actually go back for three years and listen to all the podcasts, which is kind of interesting in, in just seeing the evolution of Eat perform and how we've been able to refine our message over time. So uh, early on, you know, I got my Garage Gym. I was doing some lifting as accessories to my CrossFit work. And I have to say, I wasn't really super great about it. I mean, I I did all the things that basically I wouldn't tell people to do right now, where, um, you know, but I was eating a lot of food. And so I was able to work out a lot more. And it wasn't really affecting me negatively, but I wasn't seeing amazing progress. And one of the things that someone suggested to me was that I started to incorporate chains and bands into my training. And you know, we could talk a little bit about chains and bands, but in general, most of those things I would say are more fun than they are helpful in some instances, or at least that was my experience. And it definitely had me more interested in working out just because, you know, I felt like a little bit of a badass, you know, working out with chains and such. Um, But it is really more for geared lifters. At the time, I was working out with geared lifters, so it was pretty common for me to get some recommendations like that. And in theory, even the people that were raw lifters, a lot of times they ended up moving over to being geared lifters. So, you know, the advice sort of worked out right but certain things that transfer real well to gear lifting like you know box squats things of that nature don't always transfer over from a raw perspective and you know there there are certainly instances where you can use those to your advantage for sure um and i would encourage everyone as a lifetime journey to try this right so um, you know, just try whatever you, whatever keeps you interested in working out. Try it. That's the long story short there. So um, before April, we had um, one of the the strongest power lifters in the world, Julia Ledusky and she used to do um, the podcast with me. And so I, the first time I ever told this story was actually with Julia, and um, so. I decided that I was gonna work out with chains. I was gonna have chains in my um, garage gym. And so the only place I could think of that might have chains would be Home Depot. So I go to chain. I go to um, buy some chain um, at Home Depot and I asked the guy to help me, right? So there's a guy and he goes, so what are you using all this chain for? I was like, oh, I'm gonna use it for my garage gym. And you could just see, like, going through his head, like, man, I got to start working out, man. This dude, this dude's coming in here to buy some chain. He's going to lift with it. He's going to be a super badass and all this other stuff, right? So I get my chain. You know, I got it in two hands. You know, I mean, I feel like a fucking warrior. You know what I mean? I throw the chains over my shoulders. Um, and I'm walking up to the counter. Everybody wants to know about these chains. Like, what are you going to be using all these chains for, man? I was like, I'm going to go to my gym, my garage gym. I'm going to work out with some chains. Oh, that is so badass. I was like, I know, right? You know, so I put the chains on the counter and woman charges me for it. Now, I didn't think about it at all at this point, Um, but I get it at home and, you know, I've got like a, a system where the chains are kind of hanging down from the bar and stuff like this. And so I thought to myself, well, it would be helpful if I knew how much these chains weighed. So I stepped on the scale and I weighed myself. And then um, I grabbed all this chain, you know, then I stepped on the scale and it was 12 pounds more. (laughs) So I bought bought 12 12 pounds of badass chains. If you know anything about chains, like pretty much, you know, like the powerlifting gym that I work out, I still work out there. Actually, Chris met me um, at Southside Bully recently. You know, they have chains, and every single chain link is 20 pounds, you know. (laughs) <laughs> so a lot of times you have to go. So just word to the wise, if you're going to buy chains for your garage gym, first of all, it might not do exactly what you think it's going to do in terms of stimulus for your training, but um, but also you want to go to more like an uh, industrial fabricator type place because that's where you're going to get good chain. I would not suggest that you buy it over the Internet because the shipping is ridiculous um for that amount of weight the chain typically isn't the thing that gets to be expensive it's actually the the shipping Mm -hmm. um any, any any early workout stories like that for you that that you look back and you go oh man what was I thinking
1: oh man um trying to think about it really um nothing off the top of my head
0: yeah, if you think of something, you, you you can come back to it. I'm gonna yeah. talk a little bit about um about uh, our Chicago meetup, um, which is you know we we you know I just flew into Chicago Saturday night, and then we met with um, about 15 to 20 each performers. Went and had deep dish pizza in Chicago. Nice. We had um, Heidi Graham from Australia flew into Chicago. Um, as part of this meetup, she's kind of meeting with various groups from, from each form throughout the country, really. And so, so that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, it's kind of nice to, to you know, have that impact on people's lives where they would fly, you know all over the world and then meet up with everybody. Nobody really knew to the last minute that I was coming um so they were they were planning to do this without me long before i was ever involved so that was kind of cool so i felt i felt like you know if somebody's willing to come you know 13 hour flight you know to meet up with Ether perform members that that i should at least take the hour and 15 minutes that it takes from minneapolis to chicago um probably you know there were so many so many really good things to, to talk about but really the funniest was when um, you know, if you're not familiar with form, we're we're not like your traditional dieting site, right? We, we basically, you know, talk to people about having a moderate relationship with food, you know, where, you know, if you want to have pizza, that's fine. You know, um, there's times where pizza makes some sense, you know, and, uh, um, and so you know, it, it sort of takes out the rigidity of you know the the whole system, and usually helps people um, change their relationship with food. And so, uh, so we, we're eating the pizza, and it's about seven forty-five, and I was like, "Hey, you guys, Sprinkles is about to close." So, um, sprinkles cupcakes is kind of a big thing in in Chicago. If you're not familiar with it, it's the one with the, it it was one of the, the first cupcake companies, you know, to ever really do it. Now there's like a cupcake place on every corner, you know, um, because of that, that show on the cooking channel or whatever. Um, but, uh, we, we ended up packing in the car. So there's a uh, a, a bunch of each performers you know and I think we had like eight people stacked in the car sitting on each other's laps and my daughter was in there you know it was sort of like you know a, a moment from like Bill and Ted's adventure you know yeah. except for you know it was all all cupcakes and I was the only dude um, <laughs> so yeah it was, it, it was pretty cool um, but I think uh, you know it really exemplified what we're about you know and, uh, you know, the conversations that, that we had and, and just it was just a, a total blast. And, you know, I know a lot of people look at me as like the e-perform guy and they think to themselves, you know, well, um, you know, I appreciate that guy coming. And they don't see it the way that I see it. You know, I just view myself as, as someone that sought out, you know, a bunch of people like, with goals like me. You know, where, you know, I didn't want to be, you know, 4% body fat and and starving myself all the time. I wanted to work out. I wanted to, you know, feed my workouts appropriately. And magically, the science matches up to the way that most of us actually want to live, you know. And um, we'll talk a little bit about that actually right now um anything you want to say to that Chris before we sort of move on to what I think is really a big topic right now as we start to bring on a lot of new
1: performers oh man Chicago sounds like my kind of town (laughs) I've been there a couple times they got the pizza's phenomenal The, the cupcakes are definitely phenomenal um I know we had we had talked about going just couldn't make it swing with the holidays but that sounded like a blast and um what you were just talking about, which we'll get back into, was that that the flexible way of eating is what really drew me into ETP when I started. So I, I think it'll be cool when we get back to that.
0: Yeah, we're definitely going to run through that story because I think that there's, you know, with a lot of new people coming in, you know, we're always having, like, similar conversations. So we're going to talk a little bit about that right now. So one of the things that we get from new people, and right now we have a lot of new people signing up uh, because of the new year, is there's two things that people will often default to. One is this is overwhelming or this is confusing. Now, I'm fairly certain that Weight Watchers gets the same questions, right? That virtually any place gets the same, same questions. So I wanted to dissect the problem a little bit because I think that what people aren't realizing is they're falling a victim to a little bit of their mentality, right? So one of the things that I wanted to talk about right from the get-go, when a lot of people say that they're confused, What they're really saying is, I'm confused because I have fat on my body and therefore I must be overeating. And the reality of the situation is that's actually not true for a lot of people. And I could make an argument for the fact that it's not true for any person on the planet. And the way that I would do that is by saying, any Level where you're trying to maintain an adequate metabolism and you're trying to work out, you know, at 100% in the gym needs to be going through cycles. And what's interesting about Eat to Perform is that Eat to Perform is not new. It's not, it's not like, like I didn't, I'm not the first person to ever talk about eating an adequate amount of food for what you do. I am a, the first person to talk about it for 47-year-old people, right? And and I have to say, when I first started writing the articles and things of this nature, which is three years ago, I've been working with clients for roughly six years, um, I was a little surprised at how many women were interested in it. And I would say that the good majority of Eat Perform customers are actually women and I guess you know when you think about it you know from a standpoint of fat loss um, women are a big target market so I guess it shouldn't totally surprise me but the long story short related to metabolism related to uh, this is so confusing is you're still caught in the mindset of I need to have starvation macros to reach my goals. the question is this isn't your first time with you know starvation macros you know whether you've done you know any kind of dieting in the past you know I mean even something like paleo where you're eating intuitively, a lot of the times you're going to be overly reliant on things that are going to mess with your hunger signal and keeping your um, metabolism lower and so a lot of the people when we start having them track their you know whole food way of eating which I you know I we, we actually don't even call it paleo we just call it Whole Foods right mm-hmm. um, and we have whole food templates um, that we use for um, our meal planning and that's what our customers use and we provide them you know full week of, of foods and things of this nature But when people start to track it, what they realize, you know, if they were doing an intuitive way of eating, that they were just under eating. You go, well, okay, you know, aren't I supposed to under eat to lose fat? Well, the question is, how'd that work for you, right? If you've been doing it for a long time, if you're listening to this right now, my argument would be it ain't working for you at all, right? Mm -hmm. So When you look at people form really simply, okay? It's not overwhelming, it's not confusing. It just doesn't fit your narrative. That, you know, what people want to believe is that they can starve themselves to optimum body composition, and that's just not how it works. And that's not how it works for athletes. That's not how it works really for any living organism, you know, the way that, you know, we've evolved as human beings is we store body fat for times where food is limited. Um, a lot of people will argue that, well, food is in abundance now. So therefore, you know, um, that's what's causing the problem. I, I would actually make the, the, the exact opposite argument. I would make the argument that most people aren't very smart about the way that they do their deficits and they don't really have any idea on how to reverse out of their dieting behavior. So they end up basically being um, painted in a corner that they don't know how to get out of. And if you look at what we do well with eat Format, I, I, I personally think that we have the best formula for a deficit out there. But the problem that you run into is that we just don't believe in extremes. And so what we try to do is just sort of get you on a moderate path. Now, it really depends. I mean, if you're, if you're a 275-pound male, you weigh 5'8", you know, and you first start to eat to perform and you go through like a performance-focused fat loss cycle that, you know, coaches walk you through or whatever – You know, you can lose 15 pounds fairly easily, right? Um, If you're a 119-pound female, you know, obviously the same type of results aren't going to happen. So there's some spectrum for all kinds of people there. But I think that that's the majority of what people are saying when they say, I'm confused now we'll, we'll talk about overwhelmed here in a second but what are your thoughts on that Chris because I think that you know from the standpoint of, of confusion I mean pretty much everyone else is saying down 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 all the time as if that's the way that a metabolism thrives and the science just doesn't back that up
1: not at uh, all uh, when, when- When i started i I had gotten painted into that corner you're talking about i had spent years uh, cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting and my problem was that i had no reference point to go on i didn't know what my TDEE was so cutting further and further and further made no sense from an from somebody on the outside looking in it wouldn't have made sense or if, if me now is looking at me then It doesn't make sense and I would tell myself the exact same thing I tell people who say that they're confused that you have no option at some point but to go up right yeah so you you get painted into that corner you could show them the ladder and it's so contrary so contrary to everything they've been told that it's hard to accept that that ladder is the way out and that you have to spend some time on the upside and you have to spend some time building your metabolism building your lean mass to be able to support your ability to lose more fat.
0: What's interesting about what you're saying is that they actually do know it. Because I remember even back to my early days of Weight Watchers in my early 30s, right? Mm -hmm. It was a very common thing where they would say like, hey, look, you just can't be dieting all the time. They didn't have a real good formula for how to reverse out of it. And I don't think they still have a real good formula to reverse out of it. And I don't think the good majority of people do. I think that you know, most people going into 2016, um, they're probably going to lose weight doing the same thing that they've always done. Most people know how to lose weight. Yep. You know, if, I, if I put a gun to your head and I said I need to lose 15 pounds in two months – most people could do it right but the what they would have to do to get there is ultimately the thing that's going to, to lead them down the path of obesity over time essentially what they're going to do is eat away at their muscle um they're not going to feel like working out you know one of the things that that we've really been stressing a lot in group coaching you know, with our group coaching clients is that when you're in a deficit, your volume really needs to stay fairly high. Now, you know, one of the things that we, we sort of coach people to do is, one, move to a little bit more hypertrophy-style training so you can have a little bit more rest. And so if you're in a deficit, right, and you're doing something like CrossFit – you're gonna have to rethink the, your CrossFit. One of the one of the things that I always suggest for people is if you're, you know, an RX, you know, person through CrossFit, um, and you're a male, if you're in a deficit, you know, and this would this would work even if you're doing an approach which I don't consider to be as good as eat to form, um, but if you were doing, you know, the standard, you know, you know, just eat less approach. The best thing you could do by far to keep your muscle is um, move the weights down. You know, For guys, if you're doing the men's RX, move to the women's RX for the period that you're doing a deficit, and you'll maintain a little bit more of your muscle because of the volume. And Actually, Chris has experience with this because one of the – I think it was like it was the time – it was the last time he did performance-focused fat loss. He didn't lose any weight, but he gained five pounds of muscle, and the reason why was he kept his volume up. Before I have Chris comment on that, I do want to say one thing. Another way to address the volume thing, and there was always like this misconception related to this idea. Um, When you add another deficit day um, or another rest day, People often thought the deficit was the magic. It, it it definitely helps, and if you can, you know, keep your low intensity work in, and um, you know, get a good five six hundred calorie deficit on those days, that's a that's a plus. You know, so you don't want to just like sit on the couch and do nothing because ultimately, you know, you won't end up having much of a deficit. Um, so you know, getting Out and doing something matters but the reason wasn't just the deficit it was so that you know as your calories get lower and once again you know this is where like kind of the intuitive way of eating where you get like this naughty and nice list kind of serves you wrong I mean we were joking last night about how you know you know you get coached in these scenarios About day 25, things start feeling magically better. It's like, (laughs) no no, they don't. Your body just like adjusted to just you sucking, you know? And then, you know, if, if, I mean, I had a buddy of mine, you know, he did a paleo challenge at our gym. This was probably five years ago at this point. And, um, you know, he lost 20 pounds, um, And he's like, man, everything feels great. My running feels better. You know, my 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 uh, pull ups are better. You know, he's like, this this paleo challenge like changed my life. I'm like, dude, you just lost 20 pounds. I mean, like, of course your pull ups are better. I mean, like, like you didn't do anything like magical. Well, what ended up happening? You know, yeah, his pull-ups were better, but his deadlift was shit. You know, he he wasn't able to lift near as much as he normally would. And then, of course, within three months, he gained all the weight back. You know, because most people's problem isn't the dieting. Like I said, if I put a gun to your head, most people know how to lose weight. What they don't know is how to normalize their, you know, body. And then one of the things that they don't do. Is they don't allow for a little bit of a buffer so if you if you lose you know let's say 15 pounds you're going to have to allow for a five pound buffer to come back up so you're only going to net 10 pounds but that five pound buffer actually is going to be one of the things that allows you to to lean out um because the way that most people teach Deficits, and we'll move, we'll move on to the overwhelming part of here in just a second. Um, but this does kind of cover it a little bit. The way that most people teach a deficit is that the magic is down. Okay. The great thing about ether form, and we don't get near enough credit for this, is that we're getting you fat loss both ways. We're getting you fat loss, you know, in the time where you're normalizing your metabolism you're increasing your calories to where your body actually wants to be and then if you know depending on how patient you can be you know there's really not a lot of a lot of weight gain in that process you know one big mistake that happens for a lot of people is they they buy the books they download the books and you know and we'll talk a little bit about the overwhelming part but, you know, they read the books, they feel a little bit overwhelmed, but they sort of like the idea that they don't have to be dieting anymore. And while they're reading the books, you know, they're eating the cheesecake, you know, like, yeah, this is awesome, man. I don't have to diet anymore. That's what that Eat the reform guy said to me. That ain't Eat to Perform. Eat to no. is basically a gradual approach of reverse dieting out of the bad – system that you were in. Like even if even if you were coming from an intuitive way of eating, where you're eating mostly whole foods, basically we're just eating fewer calories. Even if you were eating a fair amount of fat and you're moving to a more moderate way of consuming carbohydrates. Where, whatever you whatever you prioritize, whether it be fats or carbohydrates, like some some diets are low fat, some diets are low carbohydrate, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever you prioritize, you know is ultimately your body's going to become less flexible to the other things. So it takes a while, you know, if you've been eating high fat for a while and you're moving to to, to carbohydrate, you know, some of the strategies would be. To move that to mostly, you know, post workout, then gradually some to your pre workout things of that nature. But you don't want to just like dive in and you know start having like six sweet potatoes a day, you know, <laughs> because your your body's not going to to deal with that. The other thing that I wanted to say before I, before I, <laughs> I finally let Chris talk is people will often say, "Well, carbs make me feel bloated." Well, no shit you know <laughs> carbs carbs require 3 to 4 grams of water to process through your body yep. and so ultimately you know when someone says every time I eat carbs I get bloated well so does chris and so do, so do I but that that process is what's needed for the the glucose in those foods to move inside your muscle. One of the really interesting things about when glucose is in your muscle and you're able to use it to work out better, to run better, all these different things, your body typically will not release glucose without a really good reason to do so. So glucose is not going to store as fat once it loads into your muscle. And that's a really important thing For people to realize because if you're coming from a low carbohydrate way of eating a lot of times your body is relatively sensitive to insulin and those folks will end up gaining lean mass relatively quickly and a lot quicker than someone like chris or myself who actually eat a moderate amount of carbohydrates um so obviously i covered a lot of area there but you know i just wanted to um you know, there was just a lot of things that – a lot of ground that needed to be covered. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on, on on what I'm saying or, or, you know, just kind of how the mentality changed? Because you kind of came from relatively low-carb background.
1: Yep. Um, I was very low-carb at the time and had to increase uh, my calories and my carbs. And I, I suffered through all those same – suffered. I use that loosely. But through all those same symptoms or, or – um, situations where I was dealing with that bloatedness and that I wasn't quite sure what that meant at the time. Um, but the coaches helped walk me through um, specifically April was the main person I was dealing with at the time. But um, and, and like you just said, I put on a lot of mass, a lot of lean mass right in the beginning because I was as insulin sensitive as I was. So I, I saw these huge PRs right away. And then Eventually, I leveled out and got to my TDE and kind of, I was leaning out still, but I wasn't adding as much mass. And then we had to get into the cycles like you kind of touched on where you had to spend some time up and some time down and sometimes up and sometimes down. And after that, that last PFFO where, like you said, I, I didn't actually lose any weight, but I did gain five pounds of muscle and I dropped my body fat percentage from like 25 to 15%, something like that, roughly. Um, So, but but during that time where I was maintaining at TDE or slightly above, um, which has been the vast majority of my Eat to Perform experience has been at that level, not in the cut phase, but actually in the maintain or slightly above, um, I I dropped 10% doing that too. So and the
0: more and the more you can stay in where you're not in a deficit, the more your body recovers, you know, and that's favorable like for males, you know, well, it's favorable for males and females as it relates to testosterone. And, you know, that's going to be one of the things that actually allows for for muscle mass. I mean, you know, we don't really need to get super into it because it's kind of an involved discussion, but You know, when we're talking about building lean mass, we're not just talking about building muscle. We're talking about building blood vessels and capillaries and, you know, all these things that are required to support that new muscle system. And so the body doesn't do that easily. And um, I just, if you're going to do that, you know, you need to focus on getting better at exercise. And it's very difficult to do that when you're under eating all the time, whether that be intentionally or unintentionally. And I I do believe that there's a lot of people unintentionally under eating. You know, one of the arguments that I'll always make to people is, you know, I'll ask them, do you think you're overeating? Well, yes, I think I'm overeating because I have more fat than I would like to have on my body. I was like, well, awesome. Then let's do this. We'll have you eat your total daily energy expenditure and you should lose weight. And they're like, okay, what's my total daily energy expenditure? 2,400 calories. Well, that sounds like a lot of food. Well, are you overeating or are you not overeating? You just told me you were overeating, you know? And what, what what I think people mean when they overeat is I think that they mean that the majority of the days they eat like a normal human being. And then on Friday and Saturday, they might have pizza, they might have beer, they might have this or that, right? Right. So the good majority of the time, they're eating like a relatively good person, right? They're 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 eating like they're supposed to eat, or things aren't near as bad as they think they are. And then they have one or two moments where you know they live like a human being. You know, one of the problems with kind of that approach, you know, and that we actually walk people through, is that if you under eat Monday through Friday and then you overeat on Saturday, what do you think your body adjusts to more easily? It's going to adjust to the way that your body is the good majority of the time. So all you're really doing is working out a lot and decreasing your metabolism. You'd be much better off working on an average most of the time. That way when that spike up happens on Saturday, you know, your body's actually ready for it rather than, you know, this being kind of, you know, dealing with a bunch of bloat and then paying the price, you know, till Tuesday or Wednesday, you know, and then just constantly being in that cycle. And that's a little bit of, you know, addressing the confusing thing in terms of overwhelmed. Okay. Here's the thing about overwhelmed and I'm just going to be blunt with you, you know, and, and, you know, I know that this is going to be something that a lot of people are going to object to. I'm going to point the finger at myself. Okay. From 30 to 40. Okay. First of all, when I was like 25 to 30 and I would, you know, my number was like 185. Whenever I get to 185, you know, I'd cut back on Cokes and M&Ms and, and, and I would get back to 185, but it was fairly simple. You know, I was relatively active. I've always been kind of a fidgety person. You know, I'm always like up walking around things of that nature. And that's still to this day. Right. Um, I just think that that's the way that I'm wired. Some people aren't wired that way. So from 30 to 40, you know, Things started to slow down for me a little bit. My lifestyle wasn't as active. You know, some of the flag footballs and softballs and things that I did for activity started to go away. I started to have kids, things of this nature. But I always knew what the problem was. There wasn't like any secret, right? I mean, I knew that when I was 25, you know, I was playing, you know, flag football three days a week. I was, you know, doing all these things. And then as I started to go in my 30s and 40s and had kids, you know, my life just adjusted. I think that people aren't honest with themselves about that part. I think that they, they you know, they, they think of things in a vacuum and they're not factoring in the reality that they sacrificed, you know, And once again, you know, it was not intuitive, right? I'm playing flag football, softball three, four nights a week. Um, There was no, you know, there was no plan there. I was just more active than I I normally was. And so when I went in my 30s and 40s and those things started to go away, you know, some of the bad habits that I had that was supported by my level of activity, now all of a sudden were really biting me in the ass. And so – you know, what happens in your 30s and 40s? Well, guess what? You gotta pay more bills. You gotta, you know, make sure that the donuts are being made, you know I mean? <laughs> like you donuts being figurative in this scenario. So what was happening? Well, you know, one, a lot of times I was dieting, oftentimes too extreme, and I just figured like, I can't exercise at this, I'm, I barely wanna move, you know? So I wasn't, you know, exercise was not a big priority early on, you know, that, that obviously changed, you know, once I started to come up with the science behind eating form perform and, and hiring coaches and, and, and really getting smarter about my approach. But when you under eat, you know, it's going to catch up with you, right? Your sleep's going to be compromised. You know, you're not going to feel like working out. All these other types of things. So when people say, you know, this is really confusing. Or this is overwhelming to me. Well, guess what? You know, you're going to have to take the reins. You, you have to be the type of person that starts to add in. I mean, one of the reasons why I asked Chris to do this podcast with me is because we sit in contrast to each other. Chris is one of the best to perform you know, stories we've ever had. You know, and he just so happens to be a coach because obviously, you know, we, you know, we try to get you guys the people that are the best examples for you. But Chris and I could be, could not be more different. Chris is very, you know, his routine goes a certain way. He works out the same day. He eats certain times. He eats X amount of meals, you know, all this other type of stuff. I'm like the complete and total opposite. Now, Is Chris stronger than me? Is is Chris able to to see more progress than than I am? Absolutely, you know? I mean, like, there's no excuses here, right? I mean, I run a kind of big business, you know? And I think that we all need to divorce ourselves a little bit from this idea of confusion and go, well, what can I do? Chris can do more than I can, you know? Chris can have a better schedule than I can. That's not the discount, Chris's scenario, right? He has to work hard to do what he does. But when you look at the people at the CrossFit Games, right, and they're all abbed up and stuff like that, don't be thinking to yourself, oh, well, I'm fairly certain Rich Froning is eating chicken and kale. Because if you want to, you can watch on iTunes the Rich Froning story where he's eating five, six thousand calories a day. Why? Because he works out six times a day, right? So if you want to work out six times a day, you know, and 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 make that a big priority in your life and and live in a little tiny house, you know, (laughs) you know, I mean, like, like there's ways to structure your life. But that might not be reality for you, you know? And so continuous, continuing down that path of saying, well, this is all overwhelming to me, basically just makes you into a victim where you're not taking control of your behavior. And I'm saying that from the perspective of someone who didn't do that for 10 years straight, right? Right. I allowed myself to be a victim of my circumstance. Rather than actually starting to understand what worked for me and what didn't, basically I would just do the starvation macros thing, and you know, and and then you know, I would get tired of that and go, This is not sustainable, and all of a sudden it's Cheesecakeville, right? All all the way from 185 pounds to 230 pounds. The minute I started to take control. Of my situation, started researching the situation, looking for people smarter than me. That's essentially what Ethan Form coaches are for you guys. You know, the good majority of people don't use Chris. They don't use me. The good majority of people that buy Ethan Form, they read the books and they don't use the resources that we put available to them. The good majority of diets and dieting type systems don't have any level of support or the support that they do give you is like, attaboy kid, keep eating nothing. You know, it gets better over time, which is total bullshit. You know it don't get better over time. You've been down this road too many times and that's why you're still listening to this podcast. So what I'm saying to you is, don't allow yourself to be a victim. That was the thing that made the biggest difference in my life is that I said to myself, I am too smart to be fat, you know, and, and fat is relative at 230, I was morbidly obese, right? When I was, you know, um, you know, there, there's the picture on the sales page where, you know, I'm 162 pounds at 21%. You know, six months later, you know, I got 15 more pounds of muscle in my frame, and I'm 9% at 165 pounds, right? So what was the difference there? Well, one, there was research. And there was understanding my body and asking, asking for help, you know. Um, ultimately, like Chris and April and myself, and, you know, we weren't all there at that time. We were still trying to figure that out. But that's what Mike Nelson was available for for me back then and you know I had a kind of team of resources there's still a bunch of PhD's that we use for our coaches course that you know um, I bother to this day you know if I have a question and, and, and they have an answer and so that's where I really want people to you know if you're feeling overwhelmed certainly something like what we do with group coaching can be helpful but The reality is you can go in the forums and ask the coach a question any day. You know, I mean we are as approachable as anybody. And we're not just like the standard, you know, starvation macros and cheerleaders bullshit. We're actually giving you why this works, you know, yeah, the changes that you need to be making and, and things of that nature. So don't don't fall to that I feel overwhelmed stuff. Because what you're really saying is, I'm about to quit on myself, you know, and guess what's gonna happen? You know, if you don't figure it out in 2015, you know, 2016 ain't gonna be great. And you're gonna be trying to figure this shit out in 2017, and you're gonna you know, <laughs> you're gonna get all the way to the point. If you talk to most people that have more fat on their body than they would like to have, they will all tell you they dieted that their they dieted themselves there, right? And if you look at the biggest problem that the good majority of people have and the biggest differentiator that Eat Perform has in the marketplace, it's the fact that we can walk you out of dieting habits with the least amount of weight gain and the most amount of lean tissue added. That's our big Game changer. And that's the game changer. Because when you look at the good majority of people, the good majority of people don't have a fat problem. They have a muscle problem. And so when you say you're overwhelmed, what you're really saying is, is I think the path for success for me, there's always a tax that comes anytime you change your life. Anytime you try to make some level of progress, you're going to have to take away from here. We all know this, right? You're not working out a lot now, right? But you know you're going to need to be working out in 2016. So what are you going to take away? Well, guess what? You know, going through the drive-thru at McDonald's, probably not going to be doing that that much, right? You know, going through, you know, know, can I sit down and watch TV or should I hit the, the weights in the garage? Right? Like there's, there's, you know, look at, look at Chris's picture right now. If you're on YouTube behind him is his weights. You know, if you're an Ethan Perform member, you know, when you look at the plaque that's right behind him, it's Ethan Perform Platinum from the Granite Games. You know, when you have to be about your health, it's the most important thing. And I think that what happens when people say, well, this is all overwhelming, is they try to tackle 20 things at once. They try and read all the books. and They try and decipher all the materials. That ain't how you do it. You take one step. You do one thing, and you master that one thing, and then you take on something else, right? So do you remember back to, like, some of the early habits that that you had to change? Because, you know, that's where, I, you know, we're really, you know, I've got a little long-winded, but I really, you know, I really need people to understand, you know, that the biggest change in my life was not allowing myself to be overwhelmed, to break it down to simplistic parts that I could master that would make all the difference in the world. I think the other thing that's really important to that, though, is the rigidity of what they believe Eat to Perform to be. They want it to be the rigid system that they've always, you know, had before. Eat to perform is basically how you should have been eating all along. It's how your life should have been all along. The good majority of people that are having great success doing eat to perform, they're doing so because they've got, you know, months and years under their belt. And that's what ultimately is going to make the difference for you. Can you think of like some, some – I mean, you know, you had, like, some stuff where, you know, you were a smoker back in the day, right? I mean, you had some some things that, that were, were sort of some big negatives. You know, talk about some, like, you know, how do you go from, you know, being a smoker that was 180 pounds and kind of kind of small for a guy, right, you know, for a guy your size, to a guy that now, you know, squats 500 pounds, deadlifts 550, you know, that kind of stuff. Tell us how that happened.
1: Like like, I, I, I I make, make, like you talked talk about pretty rigid in my own training. training. So like with, with, with training, it became a, I have to make this a priority, whether I'm motivated or not, whether I'm feeling it or not, um, you know, barring injury or sickness kind of thing. But like motivation became a non-factor. It was, I have to get up and I have to do this because this is what's important for my health, whether I was going for a run, or I was lifting weights, that had to happen um, for for me to be able to feel like I was on the right path still. Because as soon as I start making those excuses, like, man, I'm kind of tired today, I don't want to go, then that excuse becomes easier to repeat the next day. and It becomes easier to repeat the next day.
0: When Um, you say you're overwhelmed, when you say you're overwhelmed, what you really need to hear is I'm making an excuse for the reason why my health is not a priority. That's what you're really
1: saying. And as far as like my nutrition went, like you're talking about the one step at a time. um, I made protein my priority. I'm going to hit my protein number every single day. Just that one thing. And I kind of let carbs and fats kind of where they may in the beginning. But I started with protein. And then the next day, once I had that down pat and I said, I can do this every single day and hit my number. Then I moved on to carbs. And I said, now I have to hit this carb number. And I did the same thing. I followed that same step. Um, I need to have this many here pre-workout. I need to have this many post-workout and I need to have this many the rest of the day. Hopefully I'm going to, I'm going to load them at night because I, at the time I was working out at four 30, you know, five o'clock in the morning. So I I would eat my stuff, my cereal or my casing shake before bed so that I was good and fueled when I got up in the morning and I was able to perform to the best that I could, um, given my situation. Um, but I took those little tiny steps. You know, it, it, it wasn't like I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna do eight workouts a week, and I'm gonna do five Ks, and I'm gonna do CrossFit, and I'm gonna do you know a hundred different things. It was I'm gonna start by just doing my typical you know powerlifting workout, and I'm gonna hit these numbers with my nutrition. I'm gonna start right there. If I went for a run, it was you know what I'm gonna run one block, and then the next day I'm gonna run two, and the next day I'm gonna run three. You know, it, it was. This slow, steady progression of baby steps to get to where I'm at now where, you know, I, I'm I am i am almost squatting five hundred I'm I'm benching three fifty and I, I left in five fifty is like I didn't wake up and do that. It was a slow, steady progression. Right. You showed up you showed up every day
0: and you did the work. Yes. Yeah. You gotta show up every day and do the work. And when people say, Well, you know, I don't wanna load food the rest of my life well, let me ask you a question. If you need help and Chris asked you to look at your food log, but you haven't been logging your food, how are we going to help you? Right. I don't log my food right now. Right. And I think Chris probably goes through periods where he doesn't log his food. But when we want to see a specific result, we log our food because that's when it's most important. And so if you're sort of, lost and confused and overwhelmed, don't snuggle up to all the things that are going to keep you lost, confused, and overwhelmed. Snuggle up to the things that are going to allow for some level of dissecting the problem. Whenever somebody says, well, I don't check the scale. I don't log my food. I don't do this. I don't do that. I go, well, who told you to do that? Well, I was reading this website and they said this and that. Well, okay, that's good. So tell me how your results are going. Well, I'm talking to you, right? Well, right. So your, your results aren't going good. So what you're really saying is, is that the information you should have been collecting, you didn't collect and therefore you're lost. So don't say to me that I'm overwhelmed and confused because I'm not collecting that information that information is going to give us the clues that's going to allow for you to solve the puzzle. That's how it worked for me. That's how it worked for Chris. Right. Mm -hmm. But I remember the thing that I remember, I talk about this a lot is I remember thinking to myself, I'll never give up my cream and sugar in my coffee and I'll never give up my bagel and cream cheese. (laughs) I, I don't eat bagels and cream cheese anymore. And I drink my coffee black. Now, there's a couple things that go into that. One, I really like coffee, you know, so I like to be able to drink a little bit more of it. If I was drinking it with cream and sugar, you know, basically it was about six, 700 calories that I didn't eat on a daily basis, you know. And so I could put more food there. I would say, you know, when people talk, you know, it, it's sort of funny because, you know, whenever you start talking about, you know, allowing for a flexible way of eating all of a sudden people just you know they get all worked up about oh my goodness he said you could have sugar or he's ha- he's eating a cupcake you know well i don't eat cupcakes every day you know um i'm basically trying to live a life that allows for some level of flexibility the good majority of the time i'm eating real food you know And it's not because I think real food is magical somehow, it's just that real food is better than food that doesn't have a lot of nutrients. So when I was eating, you know, drinking cream and sugar, well one, you know, I'm slightly dairy intolerant, you know, Um, and then two, sugar's not really going to provide you a lot of macros. I mean, it, it really doesn't get you a lot of glucose, right? Um, and it's not really allowing for what you need to perform better in in the gym. A lot of the time when somebody says they're sugar addicted, what they're really saying is that they're, they're energy addicted. So if you find yourself like, you know, eating five or six apples, you know, after workouts, you'd be better off eating sweet potato because that's what your body really wants. You know, so when you think of yourself as sugar addicted, you should really start to think energy addictive because you're probably under eating for the amount of energy for the amount of work that you do on a daily basis Mm -hmm. so now i don't eat bagel and cream cheese and i don't drink coffee with cream and sugar but i did have those in the beginning as qualifiers i said i'm gonna keep those in while i fix all this other stuff right so what i did was i mastered lunch and dinner while i was trying to figure out my workouts, and I want to talk a little bit about that because, you know, that's an important part of, of eat to perform. Um, one, I did not believe that I could work out and, and lose weight. I mean, for 10 years, I sort of battled that problem. I, I, I knew that I didn't feel like working out um, because I was dieting too extremely. Now, people could make the argument to me, well, what if you did it where it wasn't so extreme? I would still make the argument that volume always matters. In every instance where I've seen an athlete make, you know, and, uh, you know, I said athlete there, but, you know, in reality, it could be human being, right? Like if you're a human being, your goal on this planet is to thrive. And so you're not going to want to do that with a lack of energy. And so that was sort of a hurdle I had to stumble over for 10 years before I figured out that if I didn't make performance a priority, so I went the opposite way, right? So, so I'm not unlike any of you guys. I have the same problems that you have. And so whenever I do anything, I do it 100% the other way. So when I first started, I was like, well, okay, you know, I'm just going to eat normal. And then I'm going to try and outwork those habits. And when people say you can't out eat a bad diet, I often say, have you tried? And the good majority of people have not tried. Well, I'll tell you, I tried. Okay. And I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. I was not ready for that level of work capacity. Um, I got sick um, and I got, you know, kind of like minor little injuries a fair amount when I first started off. And um, some of it was that I was still over reliant on um, things that I would consider to be non food, you know, things like you know spaghetti you know and and eating out more um you know and and really trying to make some level of meal planning a little bit more of a priority in my life and so you know probably i'd say two three months into what what ultimately became like pretty extreme workouts um you know i started realizing that you know i needed to have better food choices so, I can keep my immune system up and then I can keep up this level of activity. So, that's when I say, you know, I kept the bagels and cream cheese in. And then I'd say, probably three to four more months, you know, I ended up dropping those two um, in favor, of, you know, if you look at, you know, a large, you know, uh, you know cream and sugar and then a bagel and cream cheese, it's basically about 800 calories. That could have been used with eggs, sweet potatoes, and chicken sausage, which would have been better for building great work capacity. And so I tried to build a lot of work capacity real quick, and my body just wasn't ready for it. And so my immune system wasn't ready for it. That's where almost everyone fails. I mean, I, you know, we could talk all day long about, you know, why I you know, needed to get there, why it was no longer an option to fail. You know, I had a heart attack scare, had a number of th- health issues that came up, but I had to prioritize my health, right? And um, I think the good majority of people, one of the things that we, we're, we're big advocates of Stephen Blair, and one of the things that Stephen talks about is fitness over fatness. You know, what Stephen is saying with fitness over fatness is that even if you're carrying a little bit of body fat, you're much better off being active and making fitness a priority. So usually when someone asks me, what's the first thing I could do is walk around the block right now. You can literally start changing your life right now, walking around the block. And then you master that, right? And then you start walking around the neighborhood. And then, you know, you start, you know, Eating eggs instead of, you know, an egg McMuffin, you know, like and you start to just gradually make these changes. When somebody says that they're overwhelmed, I think that what they really want is they want a paradigm for fitness that might not fit their life. What worked for me might not work for Chris. What worked for Chris certainly wouldn't work for me. You know, I couldn't put a 500 pounds on my back and sit down and get up, right? That's not my reality, you know? So my fitness looks different than Chris's fitness, and it might look different for a female. Any any thoughts on what I'm saying? Because, we, you know, we obviously went a little bit long here.
1: Uh, I, I was the same way. I was like, I'm kind of known. <laughs> like you've given me the nickname Mr. GMO because of Oreos and things like that, and Pop-Tarts or whatever. But... I don't eat as much of that as people think I do. Um, I eat mostly whole foods because that's what's going to get me to my goals uh, the best. Or if I'm going to eat something like that, it's for a reason. If that reason is just joy, it's very limited. But you got to eat whole foods, and you. but you can't make those changes overnight. That you got to do it in steps. Like It's a baby steps, man, baby steps, one at a time.
0: Well, what, what people want to do is they want to solve a lifetime of problems in 15 days. You know, right. They want, they want to pull the Band-Aid off all at once. Yep. You know, I mean, I hate to go all Dr. Phil on you, but how's that been working for you? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, like, the long story short is, you know, you can love yourself right now. You know, if you go, well, how does a person go from 230 pounds to 150 pounds? You know? well, I loved the person at 230 enough to be committed to the 150. I think that a lot of people as they're walking through the each form process you know um, the first thing to come back is the fact that they start to care for themselves again and that is so so huge you know and I think if you were looking in 2016, and you say, well, what's the one thing I'm going to do that's going to be a priority in my life? Don't talk to yourself the way that you would not allow someone else. They had someone in the forum um, say some stuff you know, uh, about the way that she looked and she was uncomfortable and she did not you know, like the way that she looked in the mirror and stuff like this. I said, if somebody said that to you. Right, somebody walked up to and said that to you. I would punch them in the face. <laughs> I would not. I would not allow someone to talk to you that way. Yet we allow ourselves to talk to each other, you know, to ourselves that way. You know, no, I don't. Chris doesn't. We know that that's an important part of the process. You know, you have to care for yourself enough to go. You know what? The process is not linear. One of the things that I, one of the most important articles that I've ever written is actually not a really popular article on eat to perform because, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't fit with people's narrative. What they, they want is, is quick and easy. Right. Um, But it's that you can't do eat to perform wrong. And what I'm saying there is that rigidity was never the answer that you thought it was going to be. You know, and so when somebody says, "Well, I'm so overwhelmed," I'll grant it. You know, if you were eating like an idiot, you know, I mean, when you know, at 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 230 pounds, basically, I, I ate for sickness, I ate for health, I ate for joy, I ate for sadness. I always ate. You know, I always figured out a way. You know, to make eating a priority. And, and, and driving through drive-throughs, or whatever, but I didn't make going to the gym a priority. I didn't make walking around the neighborhood a priority. I didn't make all the little things. It's the, you know, it's when you think of things as big problems, you're kinda of screwed, mm-hmm. right? Break them down into little problems, and start solving those little problems real quick. But if you really want the secret sauce, the secret sauce is to love yourself today. You know, I know that sounds kind of like cheesy and stuff. You know, it's like two dudes sitting on here talking on a podcast, <laughs> on a podcast that mostly chicks are listening to. But, but honestly, I mean, you know, I, I hate to be like all touchy-feely guy. But, you know, we, we talk a lot about you can't hate yourself lean. I mean, there's probably some people that do that. But... I don't think that they enjoy the process once they're done, you know. And I think that they have a disordered relationship with food at the end of that, you know. When it comes from a place of caring for yourself, that really makes all the difference in the world. But the 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 thing we'll sort of close on here, is, you know, and we'll we'll have Chris on, you know, and we'll have him him talk his story, but you know, if if you're in any of the each perform groups on Facebook, you know, Chris is one of the most active people and he talks about his story a fair amount. And I think that a lot of people derive a lot of motivation from Chris. He has a very important role with what we do. And I don't think he even notices the level of reverence that people have. You know, I rem- you know, we have actual CrossFit games Athletes that we work with. We have people that will potentially compete in the Olympics. Chris does a powerlifting tournament, posts three or four videos, and like 600 people like it, you know? And so, you know, what I said to him privately at that time was, you know, the reason why so many people care about your journey is because you care for their journey. You know, and I hope that's what everybody gets out of these discussions, you know, don't, you know, don't think of like, you know, Paul or Chris are sitting here judging us. He says, you know, he says, I'm making myself into a victim. What we're saying here is it's easy to fall into a victim role, you know, and that if you can take control of things, they'll, you'll be much better off. But, you know. It's, it's a process that starts, you know, in a very small way. And then at the end of the day, you know, um, you'll look back, you know, I look back, I look back, you know, to all the years past and it's, it's just shocking. You know, it's shocking to me that fitness is a priority in my life. It's shocking to me that I eat. You know, three thousand calories a day, and I weigh one hundred and seventy-five pounds. It's shocking to me, you know, all the things that 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 I do on a daily basis. Um, but I hope, you know, you know, as the guy that, you know, you know, runs Eat to Perform, that having role models like Chris and Catherine Adams and April, and you know, really all the Eat to coaches, that they serve as the example of what patience looks like. And so that's what I really want to end on. Any Anything that you wanted to say before we leave, Chris?
1: Just that we, as coaches, we want you guys to succeed. We want to see you get what you want, what you came here for. Like, we're not going to tell you something that we don't believe in because we've all done it and, and we all, we want you to get there. So like, like, like you're saying, man, it, it's about loving yourself, and we want to help you find that, because that that's truly where the transformation comes through. And, may-
0: you started November November
1: 2014,
0: thirteen, 2013. Yep. Okay, tell me, tell me, how many people have asked you a question that you said, "I just won't answer that." None. Right. So what I'm what we're saying to you is is you have the resource, okay? If Chris doesn't know the answer, he has PhDs and physicians that he can ask the answer for you. So he'll just say, I don't know the answer, but I'll get you the answer, okay? So the only thing stopping you from success is you and your ability to dissect your problems one by one by one and allow for some level of patience. The problem isn't the fact that you aren't, you know, you don't have enough willpower or you're not doing enough of a rigid plan. The problem is your timeline. You want results too quickly and you haven't done the work. You got to do the work. You got to eat the food and you got to allow your body to recover and be the way that it wants to be. And sometimes, you know, I think this happens for a lot of the women in the group. You know, you have to sort of change this ideal image that you believe, and don't. And that, that's the other thing too. Like, don't, don't, don't fall into that. You know, it's the media bullshit. The media ain't doing shit to you. the The media ain't saying to you, "You need to look like Gwyneth Paltrow." You're the one that's saying to you you need to look like Gwyneth Paltrow who gives a shit. If you look like Gwyneth Paltrow, (laughs) like, (laughs) like you're, you look at your mama, look at your grandma. What did they look like? You know what I mean? Look at your dad, you know, like, like who are the people that you came from and what do those people look like? Maybe you're going to look like some version of them. I think the good majority of the time people say, I, You know, feel like a victim of society's pressures and stuff like that. That's all bullshit. You know, it ain't true if you don't internalize it, right? It's your internalizing it that makes the problem. So is it their problem or is it your problem? I always say, like, I had an article we used to put out fairly often the marketers aren't to blame, the marketers are just giving you what you want. Right? Mm. It's you that's to blame because you're the one that basically is buying the stuff that they're selling. Quit buying it and they won't quit, they won't sell it. You know what I'm saying? So like, nope. you know, we can shut down Taco Bell today, right? Nope. But we don't because ultimately, you know, we allow ourselves, you know, to prioritize that over the walk around the neighborhood or over putting chicken in the crock pot, you know? And, you know, quit saying you don't know the answer because you do know the answer, right? And it, it, there's no mysteries out there, you know? I know what my problems were. Chris knew he shouldn't have been smoking two packs a day, right? So, so let's quit it, take the reins. 2016 is gonna be different because all that 15-day bullshit, 30-day bullshit, two-month challenges, all this other type of stuff, we're going to get you out of that. And we're going to change it from you know these instant results you know, to a realistic approach to what health, health and fitness looks like and where you have the resources to achieve the goals that you want to achieve. So I appreciate everybody being here. I appreciate Chris taking the time. He didn't have to do this. And, uh, but, you know, I know, you know, I've wanted to have him on for a long time and I'm going to try and get him on where he, where he actually gets to talk um, sometime soon here. So, all right, guys, I'll, I'll talk to you later. Chris, you want to say goodbye to everybody? Later guys. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.